Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pixel Classroom Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Reed, and we are back here for our uh, actual second guest episode here. This will be episode three in the audio part, which will be live here on the uh, audio part here for the podcast within about two weeks, actually, right now, too. And believe it or not, I got a guest who's actually a good old friend of mine. He's actually the co-host of our Relived uh, Streaming Cast, which is, of course, Games, Comics, and Coffee. We were just actually doing a little piece on it, uh, talking about some things we have hopefully set up for that as well as hopefully uh, maybe doing some things later on here for the pixel classroom podcast but if you haven't thought about hitting the subscribe button please go ahead and do that right now we have a thing i've had a couple of people that pop up but on that note i'm going to bring in uh my guest for today he is like i said the co-host of our relived live stream series games comics and coffee he is a long time uh, he is also part of the g3 podcast of his self also he's a radio announcer he is a big gamifier too and you can find him on of course uh instagram thread and of course twitch at cyclops mueller and speaking of which let's bring him in welcome the one and only adam mueller to the pixel classroom podcast hello adam hey it's actually pronounced Mueller. it's Mueller. see what are these <laughs> i messed it up all these days see That's, you know it's all right everybody yeah, I, does I, I, it's like when I had Josh on last night and everything else, I actually said his name, right? He said, you got it right. I thought, I don't know. I screw it up now the rest of the night. So I just kept calling him Josh the whole time because <laughs> I was able to say his Spanish middle name. Pretty, pretty simple because of my aunt, but uh, sorry about that. But uh, Adam, uh, why don't those who don't know you have not checked out the games, comics, coffee, because after our, our uh, return episode Sunday, we hadn't been on in nine years, believe it or not, as we found out, we found out we still own some of the clothes we still wear then and the rest of uh, gone to the pile. But uh who are you? What are you doing? What is your uh, little podcast on gamers all about? I ask that my I ask that same question all the time. Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so actually, um, I started um, I started uh, Gamers Got a Game G three um, on Facebook. It actually started as a different name. It was called Games and More when I first started it. Um, if you remember that, <laughs> you know, oh, so excited. I actually do remember games and more. Yeah, I do remember that. Yep. It was actually, uh, our, our friend, uh, Neo death, Brian Hepner, who came up oh, with the name. Yes, Gamers Got a Game. Rooster himself. That's right. Mm -hmm. So we started that. Um, it was actually me and another, uh, another kid that I went to, to college with at Rasmussen college in, in, uh, Rockford, Illinois. Um, he was really into games. I was really into games, but then we started it and eventually he actually went off to the military. So, you know, while he's doing very important things, it would kind of all yeah. fell on me and, um, and he actually never, never really came back, but he, uh, I mean, he's come back as a fan, but he's never really come back as a, as a person that hosts anything. Um, started doing that started posting a lot of things i've had gone through a slew of admins here and there but uh eventually it became what it is now which uh a lot of people are you know i've, I've talked to people out in the community and they're like oh i've heard of that page you know and i never would have thought that um eventually that actually kind of skewed off into a streamers page where um exactly after i started doing gamers got a game i started streaming on twitch and later on i created a streaming page called streamers got a stream so kind of a nice little tie-in with that 
Um, started doing the gaming page on on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it now. Started doing a lot of things on uh, on Instagram, and uh, we've I've got a TikTok and. I hate to say it. I tend to forget that I have a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, a, I've just have an account that was signed up and I've never posted one thing. I think I watch it because I'm on Instagram or threads. People post their, th that on reels. So it's like, Oh, what are, what, I don't need to worry about TikTok. I mean, but just my students say, Dr. Reed, you want to be a TikTok? I'm like, no. <laughs> it's like yeah. do i have a choice <laughs> do I yeah, exactly that's what i say too it's like i am your teacher versus saying versus like you want to be on a b reel like oh what's the real today i'm b reels like, we're going to do about how many professionals you can get a picture with like okay i can get behind that all right let's go let's take the picture you know and then they go there and they see how many professionals they get to it was kind of cool we got our super our old superintendent he just recently left for another district he got on one of those b reels with the kids and one of them were like got the superintendent how did you do that <laughs> i think people forget that sometimes we like to have fun too even when we're the head honchos of school district oh yeah actually when i was in um when i was in high school um what you know it was after i moved from sycamore and i lived in rochester for a little bit we actually had an uh a daily news uh school news thing that would go on the tvs all over the the school oh yeah and um, I'm not sure how they did it, but there was these one, there was these two kids, and I don't remember their actual names, but their stage names were Ben and Baki. And I'm not sure they would read like they they would wish the uh, happy birthday to all the kids whose birthday it was that day. And I'm not sure how they did it, but they actually got uh, the the local CBS news people to be on the actual show where they were actually Whoa. yeah where they were actually doing a sketch where. Uh, they ran into the news. They ran into the news. Uh, the the news station, and they would run up and they actually like interrupted, quote unquote, interrupted the broadcast. And they were like, "Oh yeah," it was actually the news guys go like, "Oh yeah, you're looking for the birthdays here, here, hold on." And then they handed it to them, and then they just went back like they were doing regular news. And we were all just like, "How did you get the actual news people to go along with this?" I have to agree. I don't even hear that. And I, I've talked to the broadcast people at Sycamore. Um, um, Katie Hertz, you know, who, you know, we know things. She's the vice principal and everything else, too. But a lot of the uh, Sycamore, you know, Spartan in a Minute and a lot of other stuff. Uh, GK has based a lot of their stuff. On. I didn't even hear about that. It's actually that's actually kind of shocking. I did not know how CBS did that. And it's funny. His name was Baki. Baki is actually a, a nickname when you're overtired. Yeah. <laughs> we used to call Tyler, my son, Tyler, when he was younger, like, oh, he's so Baki right now. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, I, we, I, I've always remembered that, like just that they got the, the actual news people. Cause I, you know, I was fairly new to the school, but at the same, cause that's when I moved there. I actually moved there my, uh, my sophomore year or uh, my uh, junior year. Yes. Um, so I was pretty new to the school. I was new to the whole thing, but I knew from, from the times when I had gone up there for all my medical stuff, uh, you know, if I was staying in the hotel room with my mom or something like that, you know, there was, uh, you know, we'd always put on like the CBS news and she was really not trying to see the actual news, but more see what the weather was going to be like. Cause that's back before cell phones existed. Right. They, weren't, they weren't, they weren't, they, they weren't like the, the really good smartphones. Like, Oh, Hey, look, let's watch the streaming or whatever. Mm -hmm. social media back then. Yeah, so we were watching that to find out what the weather was going to be like, especially for like, you know, rides there, rides home. And, you know, so that's how I knew kind of who they were. And of course, sitting in that classroom, I was just, of course, I'm sitting there, the new kid going like, holy crap, you know. So, yeah, like, how did that just happen? What? Mm -hmm. <laughs>
like wow this school's got connections and then find out they never agreed to it to another person i was like what so i bet one of them had a connection inside you know what a have it's like you know we were talking just before the podcast like some of the people i've reached out to i mean i've either been associated or they know of me through other things from the other you know podcasts either spider-man or some of my reviews i've done on youtube here so mm-hmm. luckily it's like there's some connection and like when they agree to say oh yeah right i'd like to be on there and people are like how did you get jmd matias or ron friends on the podcast i'm like mm-hmm. I, I asked and they said, well, I'd be happy to. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's like uh, a guest star. We're not going to mention now. It was, we, we don't want to jinx it come November, but he's a very well-known uh, writer and artist of a, of a certain comic and everything. And I, I did this message him. He says, I'd love to do it. I'm free after the beginning of the year, but don't, don't, don't compact me until closer to Thanksgiving so we can commit to a time. I said, we got it. We got it. But it's, it's interesting. And I got a hold of him because somebody had said, oh, did you ever contact so-and-so? And I said, well, no, he knows I'm there. And I, he posted some things on Instagram. And I, I know he's on YouTube once again for like an occasional. I know he was on the uh, the, the Superman homepage uh, vidcast, which is the creators. They do a bunch of Superman stuff all week. I didn't even know they had the, a live stream uh, until like like this past summer. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're going on nine years. I'm like, I, I've been following your webpage since 98, but you actually have had something for nine years. I never knew about yeah. it. Yep. So that, that kind of threw me. Oh, man. And now this is a very interesting thing now, Adam. Now, you're known as Cyclops. Now, why is it you are Cyclops? There's actually an interesting story. And there's actually a joke you had had with the media at one point, too, where you, you threw out a very famous Monsters Incorporated joke out there. Oh, I- yeah. That was actually, uh, again, when I uh, lived in uh, in Minnesota, when I went to John Marshall High School, actually, where I graduated there. Um that was actually very shortly after uh, after Monsters Inc. had uh, had come out, the very first one. And you remember uh, Mike doing that whole thing? You know, he had that giant eye in, in yeah. the middle. My so, yeah, yeah. So, everybody. So there was a there was a joke that I did in the like right on camera where somebody I don't remember the whole thing, but they were like, "Oh, didn't Adam do that?" Yeah, it's Adam's fault. So I stood I stepped in front of the camera on a live feed, and I was like, "Yeah, blame it on the little guy with his one eye." And, I'm not even kidding. We the door was shut and I could hear parts of the school laughing. <laughs> you know, all around. They all got the joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I, I, and and as soon as we walked out, because you know the the camera would cut, we'd be you know ready to go to the next class and everything. I walked out there and people were literally standing in the hallways, like just laughing. And I was like, "What? I don't know what you guys are talking about." You know, just. <laughs> That was the guy on TV, and I, I don't know. <laughs> you know. Um, but no, for the for uh, for real, actually, um, I usually switch up the story a little bit when people ask what happened to my eye. My wife tends to get it a little bit on that. Where I think Rachel I'll, has has plenty of excuses for that one. <laughs> but I'll tell I'll tell people be like, yeah. So one day, all I said was, "Hey, you're getting a little gray up there." And the next thing I know is she came at me with something shiny, and then the doctor was asking me how many fingers am I holding up. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> she usually looks at me and like, are you kidding? You just did that again. Um, but no, actuality, though, is I lost my left eye to cancer uh, when I was two years old. My um, my dad actually fought in the Vietnam War and he drove the trucks that carried Agent Orange, which, uh, as, as we know, has been let, linked to a mm-hmm. lot of issues. Now, they can't actually say definitively that mine was a result of that, but um but the doctor's theory is that it didn't affect him but it went into his bloodstream and got to me because the kind of cancer that i had was actually typically hereditary and but i don't know much about my dad's side of the family i know a little bit but not 
much I know him. And then I never met my biological grandfather because apparently he, him and my grandma divorced and he walked out long before I was ever born. And then I know a few people on her side, you know, but I don't know much about his side. But from what I was told is I'm the first person in, in, um, in our family to ever get it. And the doctors have said, well, we don't know much about your dad's history. So, um, this could be a sporadic tumor where it just pops up in your bloodline. Like just, you're the only one that ever gets it and then it never shows up again. Or if I were to have kids, it could be the first in the long line. Right. So. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing too. I mean, people know my mother went through breast cancer a few years ago, um, about 20, yeah, about 2017, 2018, you know, long before, you know, and then she was kind of considered remission just before COVID happened. And it was very interesting too. It's about the hereditary of cancer in my family, but breast cancer, it only showed up in maybe three other relatives on that side. And then my, my, um, I should say my, not my dad's side, but my, uh, one uncle's wife, my aunt Stella, she got it. It was more common on her side to have mm. breast cancer. She went through, she survived and had no problems with it either. I think her sister also had an issue with it, but it wasn't as cases too, but it was one thing too. I mean, I've lost several relatives to cancer, but the problem is it's never been the same kind. It it has not been the same kind. And one person did have optical cancer. They had a developed tumor and everything. They were able to get it out, uh, everything. He only lost about uh, 40% of vision on his left, on his left eye, similar to you. But the only difference was it like parenthal was gone and it was like more of like, tunnel vision almost like uh, people who have the albino light system where it's like this is your field of vision and that's as far as you're getting yeah with uh with mine though they actually uh, there's been cancer on both sides my aunt on my mom's side uh passed away from breast cancer but i don't know of anybody on our side on my mom's side that's ever had it again my grandmother on my dad's side had breast cancer she was fine it was almost like you know just run around a chemo and boom you know um my uh, my mom actually recently had cancer. She found out that she had lung cancer. Um, she was a smoker for thirty years, but she hadn't smoked in thirty years. So, uh, so yeah, um, all that time. Yeah. So that well, you know, she had like a little bit of a cough, and she went to the doctor for something completely unrelated. And then he just said, "Well, I know, you know, it's kind of rare that you, there'd ever be anything for uh, for cancer thirty years later." Uh, but let's just get a scan. And he actually, uh, he didn't even tell her he was doing this, but he got like one of those real ultra scans where they can like oh, yeah. look at there and yeah, the unit scanners. Yeah. 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 And they found a, they found two small lumps on her, um, on her lung. And when they tested one, I think one came back benign, but the other came back cancerous. She, she basically had stage zero cancer. Oh, you know, so it was the uh, very, very beginnings. Yeah. yeah, it's very hard in cancer, even um, intestinal cancer. If it's found that that soon is usually people barely do it or they do one round and it's done. I mean, if it's caught like that and yeah. here, the doctor was like, you know, I'm just going to be on the safe side and run it to be on the safe side. Yeah, they they took it. They actually took took part of her lung out and then they said that there was no signs of the cancer at all. They'll still check her, uh, but they said there was no signs of it. They didn't even need to do a round of chemo. So that, that that's actually pretty amazing. Mm hmm. And I told her, I was just kind of joking, going like, so basically you got just enough cancer to wear the purple shirt for a relay for life, but not enough to actually say you're a survivor. <laughs> yes. right. Yeah, it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll bring awareness and I'll fight because I've dealt with it. But no, I didn't have to say I was a, a, a survivor. As I you say. did not suffer. You were like in the hospital for three days, <laughs> you know, 
and that was just to recover from being opened up. You know, some in some cases we all wish those who get those kind of scares do. I mean, I've had benign cysts removed from my uh, areas and everything. Luckily, nothing's yeah. come back. And yeah. I keep an eye, and luckily it's yep. It's the same thing. And then I've had them, um, and I've had that too. And I had one recently checked uh, just this past year, where nobody knows about this one. Mm-hmm. And they basically like, nope. This is just the old classic. That's an area that sadly you're rubbing. You you, you clean it luckily, but unfortunately it, it, the pores get clogged. The pus fizzes up and you got a cyst and it's like it's like if it's really bad we'll take it out but they're like you're fine <laughs> so i'm well, like thank you for telling me that because i do worry about that stuff because i've had four removed in the last 10 years so well you know if it gets bad enough you could go to this one doctor called dr pimple popper that's on the discovery channel <laughs> i mean if, if it's a cool enough if it's a cool enough thing they'll actually pay for you to go out there and be videoed and everything else and, you you do their and everything yep <laughs> Good old Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> well, everybody, this is why this podcast is so interesting, especially when we're live feed versus the audio, because everybody's probably laughing at the audio, like, what did I download this episode for? Like, what is <laughs> like I'll go back to listen to them about last Ronan they talked about there on the YouTube. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so moving on to, like, I, one of the big things that's always been with you, Adam, is, you, like I said, you're a gamer, and we were talking, like I said earlier, besides our games, and we're, we're classic. We're, we're my, You're more of the gamer. You know, I, I don't have the systems, like, you do. I mean, you have run anything else, but for you, like, you know, getting into the games, what, what is it that's really drawn you towards games? And we'll kind of seg this way over to a little bit of the education we were talking about earlier with uh, people, especially SEL and those who have been using things like Minecraft and Dungeons and Dragons for things. But what's really kind of, what's kept that pull for you for game games all these years? And uh, what, what, what is it you're, like now you're excited about? Cause let, let's face it, there's some good games coming out in the next couple months here, especially for the different systems. Yeah. For October, it's so jam packed. <laughs> Actually. In fact, I just heard that uh, the remake of alone in the dark got pushed to next year just to avoid October. <laughs> because <laughs> I, My brother, my brother, not my brother, Robert, my brother, Trevor heard that he's, he, he, he seriously, He's like, I can't believe they moved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's like, he's, he's kind of mad right now. I'm glad they did, though. But, I mean, have you seen how many games are coming out in October? I mean, you've got – I think yeah. we were talking about this during the other podcast. You got, yes, we were. Yeah, you got Spider-Man 2, Alan Wake 2, a game that I've waited over a decade for. Um, you got Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is apparently uh, going back to the way that Assassin's Creed was, being more of a – action stealth instead of action rpg which my both my nephews <laughs> love that game system so trust me i i know they're 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 probably they've probably reserved it already yeah and you got super mario brothers wonder coming out you've got that Hellboy coming amazing out. trevor tyler looks Ty, my son tyler is like really excited i'm like i'm excited melissa saw it and went "Ooh, that looks cool i went yeah, yeah i know i'm like that's, that's on the christmas list hold on a second it does phil spencer actually just released a uh note or um uh, statement today saying that he played it and it's absolutely phenomenal and i'm like that's xbox praising nintendo <laughs> you know when you have another yeah when you have a rival company and a rival uh, uh corporation mm-hmm. say that's bet that's good you've done something right you've seriously mm-hmm. done when both xbox and microsoft are both saying like whoa th- this is good and i think this is possibly if we're right this is the last certain voice actor we might ever hear do mario after this one yep charles martinet i think I think this is his last one, or maybe the one before that was his last one. I'm not sure if it's going to be the same. But, yeah, they have said that he's now going to be a Super Mario ambassador. And he actually just announced today he doesn't know what that is. (laughs) So, I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 
I'm pretty sure that just means you're going to the conventions. You're going to be there as Mario. You can do the Mario voice for the fans, but you're not going to be sitting in that booth doing Pro- all that. You know? My autographs or thing like, yeah, give me your, your your cartridge or give me your you know big old you know pin doll, and I'll be more of that sign. Kind of like Kevin Eastman. Like people will bring him like Funko Pops of Teenage Mutant Turtles, and he'll sign it. He'll just be like, yeah, I I, did, I didn't come up with this concept, but hey, you're a Turtles fan, I'll sign it. And same mm-hmm. thing with Bart, they'll just they'll sign it. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. And you but, know what's actually really cool about that? Uh, Stan Lee would actually sign DC things. Yes, if you, if you asked him to, which is like okay, that's very unique, but that's awesome at <laughs> the same time. I think one, and this was before they did D, uh, Stan Lee uh, imagines the DC universe, which you know was a kind of a run in the early two thousands where he kind of did the concept for it. And some were cool. The Flash was really cool, but uh, somebody had brought up one, and he said, "Could you do my Aquaman?" He's like, "Aquaman, I don't think I did him, but I'll sign him for you." Yep. Was his exact words and everything, mm-hmm. and he and he said, and he even said too, is like, and now I shall shall fight evil with my sharks. <laughs> was like what the what it was. I saw a thing where Stan Lee actually it, it, they had it was staged obviously, but you had like Batman and uh, Spider Man were like getting ready to fight in an in an audience, and Stan Lee actually ran up and like was holding them back, and he said something like, "Don't make me call your parent." Wait, <laughs> something like that, and I was like, "Wow, that's dark, but that's funny." That is funny, especially because Bob Kane wasn't wasn't around by that. But that is don't make me call your parents. Wait, <laughs> I have yeah. little, parents. Hold on a second. Wait, I have imagined Batman. I am your parent. <laughs> exactly. No, but you know. uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, it's not bad. Really... We can games, comics, and coffee, folks. <laughs> oh yeah, we got to se- we got to schedule the next episode, and you know, I don't know what I'm doing in October. <laughs> At this point, October. Yeah, I think we're at the flip a coin, and we're just gonna be like, "What's coming out in October? What is Adam playing? What is Ryan probably gonna be playing next month?" There's just one weekend that I can't because I'll be in Kansas City. But the, other than that, pretty much free. <laughs> yeah, I, I just have to look here because of homecoming. I think once we get past homecoming week, there's not much else coming for me. And then we can, like I said, pick a Saturday and Sunday. See, guys, I mean, on this podcast, I we still discuss things that happen on other podcasts. I mean, yeah. <laughs> people people did that. Like, didn't you when you had Elijah there on one of your last episodes that you guys were talking like four different podcasts? Like, yes, we, yes, we were. We were. We're, mm-hmm. We're that bad. We're just like, what? Why do one? Let's do several. It's not like we make mm-hmm. money out of this. We just do it because we we love doing it. And we have something to say. Maybe yeah. we'll make money eventually, but right now it's just fun. Yes, eventually we'll have a T-shirt saying, "Oh, I want." Did you drink your coffee and played your games today and read comics? You know, mm-hmm. we're not there yet. We've talked about it, guys. We're not there. <laughs> we need more subscribers. Like right here, I have a view of three people, and I have a view of two people. And I have five people on Facebook, and then I got one on LinkedIn right now as we're doing this. I'm not editing this out either, but it's like thank you for supporting and watching us. But I like the people who keep popping in and out on YouTube versus Facebook. Like, oh, let's watch, and then mm-hmm. I'll throw it back. Oh, LinkedIn. I'm that guy on LinkedIn. I'm like, thank. Actually, I know who it is. <laughs> and I'm th- thank you, Joe. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you, Joe. LinkedIn is awesome. That's <laughs> <laughs> so props on that. Anyhow. No. But back to your question, though, about what kind of got me into games, I actually was, um, uh, I was introduced to video games very young. Uh, my, there was actually one year when my family, uh, I want to say it was like 1987, when uh, my mom and my aunt, uh, my mom, my aunts, my uncles, uh, they all got all, like, they all got all of us, or they each got their own families uh a uh a nintendo entertainment system so that was kind of my introduction to games um and uh so that's when i really first started playing mario and duck hunt and then my grandparents actually had the atari 2600 yeah which is what i had yeah Yeah. 
So uh, whenever I would go to my grandparents' house, if I was going to go in the other room, uh, you know, if they were watching me or whatever, I'd be playing on that, that joystick and everything. Um, and yes, I played E.T. <laughs> a lot of people are like, oh, did you ever play E.T.? Uh, yes, yeah. I did. <laughs> Here, my cousin showed me how to be, and then I went home and beat it. I was like, mm -hmm. hey, I beat E.T. This game's mm -hmm. so bad, but I beat it. <laughs> yes, that game was so horrible. <laughs> but it did. And yet, yeah. Sword Quest never got its final one with Airworld, unfortunately. And George Perez and Marv Wolfman did the comics. Oh. And yeah, so as I'm sorry, no problem. So so I was always kind of I was always kind of hooked onto games ever since I was a young one. And then um, there was kids that lived around our our block um, that all had uh, Nintendo systems. And eventually, I started getting more into like you know the Sega, the Super Nintendo. I was kind of growing up as the as the consoles were growing up, <clears throat> so um, that's really what got me into it. And then what kept me in it was actually when I was uh, when I was a kid, you know, with the eye and just being different. I'm neurodivergent. I don't know if you've ever known that. <laughs> um, I, I have ADHD. Uh, there was uh, some bad things that were going on. Uh, you know, extreme bullying. Uh, there was. Um, other things going on. There was a lot of abuse that was that had happened to me, just various kinds. And one of the one of the mainstays that I always could go, turn to for outlets for like anger, frustration, um, was I would turn to music, specifically rap music. Um, I was a writer. I would actually write my own songs to the point where people actually got scared because my lyrics got to be so dark. Um, you know, and some of my the stories that I was writing too were getting like a little out there. But my mom was one of them that kind of said, it's better he keeps it here than starts out there, <laughs> you know? Right. Yep. So, but, but what turned into, um, what I really turned to was video games, especially like the, the more extreme violent ones. Um, that's where I was getting out my aggression. That's where I was getting out, you know, depression. That's where I was getting out anxiety. That's where, you know, uh, PTSD uh, issues that were going on. Um, that's where I was really aiming it at. So, um you know, even as I've gotten older, I've just always turned to games as a way of reducing stress, reducing anxiety, reducing depression. Um, <clears throat> my wife will actually tell me, like, if she can tell that I'm inside my own head here, <laughs> which is not exactly a safe place for, for me to be on my, by myself sometimes. Uh, she'll a lot of times be like, all right, go to that room, turn on that game and start shooting things, <laughs> you know. Um, so that's really where, uh, where a lot of mine has come from. I, you know, I actually credit games with, uh, with saving my life in some ways. So, yeah, I remember too, when I would have a bad day, like um, one thing was, is like, I, I didn't like you had thing like outside, like the classic dog hunk and everything. And I even remember boxes and the old Nintendo six. Remember the old light gun cannon they had over mm -hmm. that which was the update for the super nintendo um but i really got into fighter games a lot especially with double dragons and everything and i really used that for frustration it just felt i know and people are like look she's ryan you're a teacher and you're talking about beating people up to get out frustration that's kind of a bad thing <laughs> but, but for some things it was actually a good relief but what really worked for me believe it or not was this is why i got into games like tetris um because it was frustrating and you just loved it when the blocks blew up and you were just like oh yeah there i said and then i kept getting more into that too but it was quite an outlet for me as well too but you know i was also into like board games i like thinking strategy board games and i was always pop culture so trivial and other things i've done too but um right. i mean it was very similar to you that's how i did but i remember sometimes back at the old walmart the old 
location decal you know adam and i were from there but the old location decal used to have the old classic game out there so when you left or you were in a long line send the kids back then to go play in the video games while you know you checked out and they would play maybe quarter or two and i play like final fight i remember the old um 3d game what was it called they were just talking about this the other day and i forgot the name of the game Tekken, yes, Tekken, Tekken. I couldn't remember it. Tekken. And I'd be there and everything, but when I come out, like my mom would grab, you know, grab me and my grandparents, and they'd be like, Oh, so you have fun. Like, I feel great. I just yeah. great. I just I solved problems and I, I made level three on one quarter this time. I'm 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 getting there. I'm getting there. So, you know, it's it, back it, when you had to like look a straight up and have the oh yeah right here it's like now they wonder why we have back and neck problems because yeah. <laughs> we were doing that as kids yeah know? that's why we, everybody talks about what people in phones by all these younger people like not that we're there but we've kind of learned like yes lay back and do this we found out that's actually better for you to do on the phone. but there are a lot of kids like i'm gonna look down i'm gonna look down and also they're gonna be like 21 and be like oh man why does that hurt right there i'm like this hump on your neck which actually yeah i exactly. got <laughs> I've been pretty good. We're also talking about chiropractors today, guys, and physical therapy. It is it is needed. Get your insurance today. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, so um, so I got into like a really dark area of my life where I actually, and I know we try to keep it more family friendly here, but I did try to end things um at certain times. And there were times where, you know, I would actually have to just think of a reason not to do it. And a lot of times that reason not to do it was I was I was sitting there going, like, you know what? I haven't seen the end of true crime streets of LA. Oh, there you go. You know, I haven't seen the end of The Punisher. I have not seen the end of this game, you know, like, I, or, you know, that was back when Game Informer actually, you know, the magazine was. Yeah, <laughs> was the big I remember Game Informer. I would pick some at the old uh, Waldron Books once in a while when they were still around. See, now we're yeah. really hating ourselves, Adam, how old we are. <laughs> yeah. So I would actually, like, you know, kind of pick the games that I was most excited for. And I was like, but if I do this, I won't see this game, you know? So I was, the, so that's where video games have really helped me, kind of helped me, you know, through a lot of the, through a lot of struggles. And it wasn't just games. Um, it was movies, it was music, it was, you know, writing. And, um, and I credit my grandfather a lot for helping me through it too. Um, I didn't have much of a, much of a <clears throat> father figure growing up with my own dad, who's, he's still around, but yeah, he wasn't much of a father figure back then. Um, and, uh, but I, I had my grandfather who would actually, who saw what was going on and actually said, I'm, you know, kind of took me as his own son. <laughs> right. Knew that I, I needed some kind of guidance, you know, so. Which, that yeah. and then paranormal stuff also, <laughs> but mostly games. <laughs> yeah, be believe it or not, believe it or not, people don't know that Adam had his own ghost hunters at one point, too. Then again, I worked at somebody at uh, when my when I when my old job, he was in charge of the decal ghost hunters. Now, it was actually kind of a cool little thing. They were actually looking at the actual haunted areas around the spot and actually some of the stories of that for ghost hunters. That's, I, see, I got to do that later. I got to get some ghost hunter people on here. We got to we just got to talk about what education and like once because some of them actually work in like uh breakouts uh and and uh, escape rooms now for education which mm -hmm. is kind of cool and they set it up based on old mirrors like the old legends like bloody mary or the curse of the Z the mom the mummies the actual egyptian curses from king tut and everything and it's actually it's actually pretty cool it's very oh, yeah. cool. it's very factual based it's it's based on everything on that and actually some of the stuff that happened as a result but the king tut one's fantastic including what happened to the explorers including the one where the one in his dog died at the same time supposedly of the curse and actually what that could have led to and everything else so it's it's actually very educational it's kind of cool <laughs> but at the same time you're like ooh, this this is freaky yeah <laughs> this, this is like forget conspiracy this is this is scary it's like but yet it's fun and yet i'm learning <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know if they do that in DeKalb anymore. I know the the guy that was in charge of that, he um he doesn't do it anymore. And the last time I tried to mention it, he didn't want me to even talk about it. So I'm like, okay, apparently they had a bad falling out, but I know that there's other there's gotta be others. Oh yeah, I I think there's a couple of Rockford chapters here, but like I said, I'm not involved in that and like cause we we know and I'm I'm a busy guy. This, this is like my side stuff. This is what I do for fun. It's like oh, yeah. and, and good stuff, and you know, eventually I make lessons plans out of there. So there we go, guys. This mm-hmm. is my side gig. I don't get paid, but I come up with great lesson plans. Thank you. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and speaking of actually lesson plans here, you were uh, you're just talking about somebody you're gonna have for your guests, but it's uh, it's actually kind of cool. And actually, some people I know who are watching this, um, I know Michael Matera has used this, um, but you might want to talk about uh, what you just did with this uh, one gaming uh, people here that you, and who they are and something people might want to check out. Oh yeah, so there's a uh, there's a group that my um, that my fr- my wife's friend Terry actually works for. Um, she actually works as a counselor, um, helping kids who have been abused or neglected in some way, kind of helping them open up. And one of the ways that they have uh, started doing that, and I'm actually going to have her uh, maybe on Games, Comics, and Coffee, and then also on my podcast with uh with uh gamers got a game g3 the podcast um i'm gonna have her on there uh but what they do is they actually use games like dungeons and dragons and Fortnite and uh and especially minecraft um they get kids playing they get kids um kind of engaged and then kids are usually if they're if they're engaged in something they're more willing to open up to you you know talk about their feelings talk about you know what happened to them talk about the the abuse and different things that they went through um, so I'm going to be having her on my, uh, on my podcast. I actually got to message her as soon as we're done here <laughs> to find out like when is a good time for her. And I can hopefully, get, hopefully I can get her boss to come on too. So we can get like even more in depth of, uh, what started this whole thing and, you know, the science behind it. Yeah. And I actually have a little thing I get for our viewers. You won't see this on the audio version. I was able to bring up one of the, so some people have talked to me about the EDU and then this is a very interesting thing right here is actually shows the actual uh, progress pathways of how they do some of this learning education, but this is actually one of the setup as a teacher and they have the K eight and this is actually off the Microsoft learn ability here too, but it actually deals with the key features and stuff and additionals. And it actually has some more of the educational crap and one of their links is actually in there. So you actually mm-hmm. look at for SEL and everything else. And it says right here, about professional development pathways as well as emotional and it kind of goes in and um i'll have that on the show notes for the audio but that that's a little something there i was looking up and it's it's pretty cool and everything else i've i've done some minecraft uh, edu i've unfortunately never been able to pull it off i would have liked to do it but sadly <laughs> i have i have uh students that would rather just you know blow people you know blow things up and destroy things and then play roadblocks and you know see who they are or play uh nba jam blocks and unfortunately as much as i'd like to it's just they, that's what they want to do. They don't, they don't, right. they don't want to make it educational. It's just, uh, you know, have fun or just mess with people that are, you know, in their study hall. So, so unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's never come. I would like to maybe someday, maybe someday, but right now it is. Cause I, I mean, I've talked about doing AP computer science. And I would like to set up like a miniature uh, Minecraft. That's really good for world building as part of the AP test for computer science. So it's actually very thing. So any AP teachers, Excel, you know, accelerate placement, definitely go into these things because these, these are good and what adam is talking about here is very relevant to that, mm-hmm. that education and teaching yeah I, when they told me that they were doing this i honestly was like i you know i've always thought that it could be used because i've used it as my own therapy honestly but i thought it was like almost a self-therapy thing i didn't know that actual therapists or counselors or you know people in the psychology field could use this in in a certain way it makes sense honestly you know you hear it and it's like kind of like wait Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, once I heard it, 
Um, actually, if you've, uh, I don't know if you ever read this book, but it was back when we both used to work at Borders. There's a, there's an author, James Paul G. Um, he actually wrote a book called What Video Games Can Teach Us About Learning and Literacy. I don't know if they're on like the first edition, second edition, if he's even still doing editions anymore, but that was yeah, a book that I read I way back JP, when. He, I mean, he's got some stuff on. I'm trying to think my computer is being a little weird here right now, too, but um, I'm trying to bring up one of the literature because I found his literacy and discourse uh, in his discourse piece. He, he's done a couple of things on that um, introductions and stuff here. We got James Paul G. Um, I'm only finding his one little area. Yeah, I don't think I have one of his other books on here. There it is. Literacy, education, and uh, pieces here. I think it's right here, and I'll share that with people who are watching. There we go. I finally got it up. So let me just switch that over for the share screen. People on audio, I'll leave a note on this on the podcast. There, there, there's one of his first ones. It's on first edition, though. 2015 was actually, that's an updated version of his uh, literacy and education, which I know deals with some of the education in that. So that yep. is up there. Um, 43 paperback. That's not bad. That's like a whole, that's like a whole curriculum, though. That's a whole curriculum, though. That's not the, um, that's not just like a, you know, read it and be done with it or book. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, there is that one. It's actually called What Video Games Have to Teach Us About Learning and Literacy. There, I think the, the newest one for that is the second edition. That was 2007. So maybe a little outdated now, but still, there's got there's a lot of relevant information. Yeah, I, I have right here with a book preview through Google Books here. I'll switch it over really quick here. So I'll share that tab. This is how good I'm getting. There, there, there's this one little piece on there. So What Video Games Have Literacy right there. Revised and updated edition. So that's the most recent updated version Charles, yeah, john paul mcgee james Paul mcgee it is copyrighted 2003 was the last edition so so that was like third edition apparently so that's what that one is right there so it's definitely for some people the look at it it's very good and he has a revise about that it's a very good educational book i know my uh, michael matera has read this book as well as some other teachers that i've talked to so i have not picked it up i am actually stuck on what is called what those numbers don't mean and what those numbers do mean which is my upcoming things and people are like oh no he's doing other <laughs> instructional things ryan you and your books i always get haggled about how many educational books i read now too but i'm like but i read fiction two once in a while mm. <laughs> that's not what i used to so um yeah but those are good books and like i said james paul mcgee uh gee is actually a pretty good uh writer and educator it's definitely something to check out for anybody that's interested in that i know probably probably a certain somebody on on on, on linkedin is probably going "Ooh, i should order that book <laughs> i should go to thrift books and get it for 15 bucks i don't i'm not sponsored by thrift books guys i just like them <laughs> where are they out by you Thrift books, I've never heard of them. No, thrift books is out of Minnesota. Okay. They are a website. They're great. I found a lot of good stuff on them, like brand new additional copies of books or like other ones like for cheap. But like I said, if, if it's gonna cost me the same amount of money I gotta go to the bookstore on or Amazon tall, then I'll just buy a new I'll do buy a new copy versus like, oh, this has barely been touched and it's two bucks. You got me. So the mm -hmm. three. All right, we're talking. Anyhow. There you go. <laughs> Remember, guys, thriftbooks.com. <laughs> Not sponsored. Yeah, we gotta definitely put that not sponsored yet. <laughs> maybe <laughs> soon. Just like we're on <laughs> graphics, so maybe they'll get a little bit more so I can get the really super premium features on StreamYards. It'll, it'll look really look professional. I'll get like Brad and Zach. All right. No, I'm not there yet. <laughs> 
Anywho, as, as we see, guys, this is how bad Adam and I. If you come see games, comics, and coffee, this is how bad off track we get. You know, people say I get off track. No, we, Adam and I get off track all the time. It's just that, it's what I do. It's just what we do. Pretty much, I don't even know that there is a track. <laughs> you know, I was about to say, wait, wait, did we ever have a track? I don't know. About, <laughs> I, I've had a track. People don't believe this. I do have a track, and then some people are like, "Oh, right, I know you." You don't have a track. You'll you'll go on a tangent, and somehow it'll magically jump back onto where we were. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm wearing the Star Trek shirt today. He's wearing his Boba Fett. For those on video here, you can see us. We're, we're doing our Star Trek Star Wars salute here without 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 the war. <laughs> right. You know, you know, Star Trek Star Wars. I say there are two sides of the same geek coin. One is more science fiction. The other is more science fantasy. <laughs> Actually, I think it's the best way to say it, science fiction versus science fans. That's a that's a good one. That ended like pretty good. Well, and if you think about it, um, you know, uh, who was it? George Lucas actually said that partially he was inspired to do Star Trek by watching or to do Star Wars by watching the original Star Trek uh, TV shows. It kind of inspired him a little bit, but then they actually said that it wasn't like they Fox never even considered doing a Star Trek movie until Star Wars took off at the box office. Right. And, so I'm like, boom. <laughs> they're, they're- well, and that's actually what led to the black hole coming out to by Disney, because all of a sudden Disney saw this going on with Star Wars. Like, oh, we need to get our own kind of space opera adventure. And the black hole came out, which I, I still love the black hole today. We actually watched it on Disney Plus last year. My wife had seen it many moons ago. And there's just some things that are still great about that. But I, I mean, I still love the robots, Vincent and Bob. And of course, Maximilian. I mean, th- th- it's like it's like you want to see the original evil robot. No, 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 no. Go, go to Maximilian. Maximilian is the original. See, this is Disney because Disney owns them all now. But I go, he's the original evil robot. And still to this day, even with those practical effects, you're just like when he comes into that room, you're just like, oh, it's like <laughs> big evil giant red robot with blades and lasers is coming at me. Mm-hmm. Wasn't uh wasn't the robot devil in uh in Futurama actually very heavily inspired by him? Yeah, it was. Uh, Matt Groening even said that that was where he got the inspiration for it was based off Maximilian too. And um, I'd have to look on either Wiki or the old one of the black black hole wikis um, that actually give kind of what led to the design for Maximilian. Because for Vincent and Bob there, they were going for a little like um, old Tomorrow World with a little bit of R two D two, but they just wanted to give them more features versus C three PO and R two D two. The R two D two was one thing, but here they wanted to have actually personalities that were a little bit of the two, but they were actually their own people which is good if you if you look at it vincent who and people don't know the black hole vincent who's the main robot in the black black hole is he's he's a bit of he's very sarcastic but at the same time he's very down to 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 a kind of a that family that family matter it's like i'll have your back don't get on my bad side yeah <laughs> kind of like bender <laughs> yeah exactly you know he just turned 55 i found out the voice actor james demario he just turned 55 i was like really he's only 55 he's only 10 years older than me i was oh. Kind of surprised that he's that much younger. Somewhere he's watching this and what do you mean? What? Fight <laughs> huh? my shiny metal, anyhow. <laughs> yeah. I was the voice of Brother Blood too, Ryan. Shush, you comic fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anywho, so yeah, um, I mean, you you got the little thing. I mean, you've definitely given your experience about how games helped you with there. We actually, you know, have the areas too with about ones that have worked that for SEL and uh, like we said, we talk about JP um, G and everything else too. Um, but you know, going forward too, it's very thin because we know we have the Oculuses, we have the VR, and VR has kind of been back into the forefront the last couple of years. And I think there's a place for it. But you know, how do you see that with games actually themselves, both in personal and absolutely in video and in, in education? You think where VR is kind of working with uh, and AR are working now with uh, uh, games. 
I haven't worked a whole lot with VR, um, just personally. Um, but I do see it. It it actually, if you actually see how mo- how much more interactive is it it is for for VR, even if you're doing the horror games, you actually see how more interactive it is. I honestly think that that is more kind of accurate for how people are now learning to take what they can visualize in these games and then put that into like actual structures. Um, you know, it's actually where they're the, the building blocks where you're learning about how to build like, you know, people are learning how to how to build skyscrapers or, or buildings more efficiently. And it's because they're they're in 3D actually able to feel how this should work, you know, instead of just, you know, these are great, you know, but they're actually able to feel. OK, so this would have to move here. What if this goes wrong? You know, they can actually kind of right. see it or I'm, time. Actually, I'm actually a real person. So if there was a person, there's five of me in this room is it meeting the dimensions that this room needs can hold. You know how they always say, like, the, the capacity should be 300 people don't excel 310. The reason they say that is because people can't escape the room in case there's a fire or something. Right. So and you can actually see how that would be in real time. You, you know, if you're if you're just playing it like this and you're like, you know, OK, yep, good. But, uh, Okay, <laughs> you know, I get the idea, I get the gist of the idea, but if you're actually in kind of in it and you're in a safe area with the with the VR, I honestly think that you know it, it's a better it's a better teaching tool. So then, of course, when they put in these horror games, you put in all these other games, and you start kind of learning how to how to navigate it, looking around. Honestly, I think it's just a, I I think it does have a place. I don't know if it's going to be really a mainstay um, of a uh, of the gaming industry. I would not be surprised either way, <laughs> which way that it goes. Right. Like I said, I, I have plenty of friends and teachers have used it in classrooms. I've also had my own Oculus, which we've done. We don't we don't do a thing, but we really like the maze and some of the music. And I have a former student. He gets into it with the whole music thing. But he also knows because he says I can interact with it better. Like I'm really playing the drums like he's yeah. like, I know when to hit those beats exactly versus like the old, you know, you know, Guitar Hero games or like if you didn't hit it on that beat, you know, you, you didn't get your points, you know, back in the late 90s or 2000s when the Guitar Hero was a very popular game. It was mm-hmm. it, that's what I said too. It felt like we got away from like the punch ups, the shoot up games, or, or the adventure games like Zelda, and we got into this very interactive time. Like the Guitar Hero was a huge one. What was another one that was like very interactive. I can't pretty much anything on the Wii, <laughs> you know, like like Wii Sports. Yeah, we, we was smart. Nintendo was smart with it and actually got the interactive controller with it. That was the difference. The only thing is, you know, they actually still did old school, but it was interesting how they moved to that because then they did it because, like I said, I can react to it better. Like you said, you can see you actually are in the room like you really are in this you know whatever office whatever thing or i'm actually piloting this is actually what a pilot sees like the old simulator games of the early 80s and 70s where it's like oh i'm piloting this game over chicago and this is kind of like the control this is my attitude is how much fuel i have now it's like no this is like i'm really doing i do know former students of mine who've gotten their aviation licenses they put them in a vr system to where it's like they really are piloting the plane and then they go up with the instructor to you know get their hours and learn themselves that's how uh, a friend of mine is actually learning to get his pilot's license he plays flight simulator and he's actually got like the whole thing like the you know it's it's on his computer but he's actually got it where like the controls are down here just like it would be a real Mm -hmm. he said you can do it with an xbox controller but He's like, it's just like he's got his all set up just like a real uh, a real place or a real plane specifically because he wants to know what it would be like. Now right. he's actually on his way to getting his uh, his actual license. And he said that the instructor likes that he went through and did this so that he didn't have to teach him like basically from ground zero. He had to start from ground one, but not from ground zero, you know. 
Yeah, and I remember when games started to be more common, like with Formula One races, they actually would recreate the tracks and the race drivers would actually race the track on a computer or game system just to get used to the turn. So then when they were really were on the track practicing before the actual races, it wasn't like, yeah, and they found out that cut down a lot on uh, accidents as well as when people knew like, oh, I don't want to try to pass him up here, get a big turn, but once he comes straight, I mean, I got that hole, I'm going to jet across because they knew that was coming. Oh, so. yeah. And it was easier than just going around the course for four hours. Like, well, your time's up. We got six other racers that need to run the track versus no, you're on the VR. You're on the game system. You actually can see it. And now they said they have the where like NASCAR does have the VR. So it's like they really are in the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see the POV versus like, well, yeah, the video game. It looks like I'm like the old pull position game. But the VR is like, no, it really looks like me. What I see when I'm looking out of my helmet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they've um, <clears throat> um, who was that? Um, can't even think of who I was thinking about here. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'll, again, ADHD brain. <laughs> Especially us. I mean, like, I mean, the time we're recording this, I mean, it's almost eight thirty. We're not really quite on bedtime, but we're kind of like later in the evening. We've we've kind of checked out for the night, <laughs> so I like to do my podcast earlier because then it's like we still can think. Straight. I I spend my days actually. My job is actually on the other side of this wall where I sit and answer calls all day. <laughs> so I just but half the time I'm fried by the end of the day. Yeah, see, this is the one thing why we say you know screen break time is a good thing for us in this day. <laughs> <laughs> or it's especially if we work at home and do the calls it's like i don't want to look people would always say that too who used to do like call centers or counseling where there was no computer maybe it was like a little dial up for your clients but otherwise it just went through the phone but they said i want to do something where i'm not staring at a wall for another six hours so i'm going to go outside or you know what screw that i'm going to watch the football game i want to watch a tv screen that actually has something doing it versus i've been staring at a wall for nine hours so mm-hmm. that's why we do the audio <laughs> well see that's why people people always ask me like how can i sit at that computer all day and then come in here into this room and stream on twitch uh for three hours a night and i'm like because there's fun stuff on this screen <laughs> you know the other screen is just click 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 okay ma'am the reason that this didn't get taken care of <laughs> you know the well, and that's what I think what people don't understand is it is good for break time, but there's also a switch of things like no, no pun intended. There are switch, you know, Nintendo anyhow, but um, you know, how do it is where you go from one to the other. Cause it's like, you know, I'm with it. I do interact with the kids. We're on screen. We're off the screens and stuff. And then I leave and then, you know, I'll check my stuff on my phone for a little while. Then I'll go outside, but you know, my wife and I will then, or our son and I will, will watch some shows, but the difference is, but we're doing different things. Now we're kind of the interactive, like the old days, like people would do something, they would sit home and watch their favorite TV show. And then they would do X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, Oh, I'm going to play. I'm going to go see if I can beat the, 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 the water templar and Ocarina of times. So I'm going back to my room and we all know how tension that temple was. Yes. <laughs> a I bunch of people are right now I was there, Ryan. I remember <laughs> the water temples have been notorious for Zelda levels since since the beginning, and they they don't show any signs of not. They they said this last one with uh with uh no, I'm not but with with the one recent Zelda game, but they said this is probably the easiest water temple in many a year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I almost feel like we should start a support group for people who have gone through the water temple <laughs> in the <laughs> Zelda games. I remember when they did Donkey Kong Country for the N64 and they did their own water temple and I was just like, you hate us. Why do you hate <laughs> Why are you do? Like, you want me to buy your product. Why are you torturing me? You made me get the game with the expansion pack and now you're making me go through another water temple. And then there was that cuckoo clock. People mm. who have played that game will know exactly what I'm talking about with that yes. clock. Yes. I've got, I've got a bunch of Gen Xers and Millennials are just screaming like, this is why we listen to you, Ryan and Adam. <laughs> You're bringing back our memories and pain, and we, <laughs> we made it through. 
Yeah, but that yeah, that's the thing. You gotta say, we made it, we made it, we made it. We survived Battle Toads, we survived the Water Temple. I didn't survive Battle Toads. I almost broke the controller how many different times with that just one? So people know that Adam was not a Battle Toad survivor. I was a Battle Toad survivor, but let's just say Blockbuster video back in the day almost did not get their game back. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever got past the uh the the uh race car or the the street the Remember, God, what is yeah. that? That yeah, the, the lava ramp one. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if I ever made it past that. Maybe I did, but when um, I finally got it, and then I knew, and I talked to some teacher friends, man, because they played. It's like, well, I was fine with that. It was when we did the the suction cup car with the with the with the ball falling. I was like, oh, that was like the second worst level because it really you needed to know those turns. And uh, our buddy, you can beat games, Kylo. There, when he was doing it on his channel, he did the he did the game two years ago, and he did you know beating the game. But he was saying during that entire thing but they always ask him like oh how many hours do you actually play he's like well you know i might put it down into a certain amount of video but he's like you're talking about three four hours of this turned into an hour or two things like he had to do final the original final fantasy the original final fantasy it was three parts and all those videos were three hours right. which how long that game is yeah uh, i think the game was actually only like 45 minutes long <laughs> the game itself if you actually did it without dying yeah, if you did it without dying, it's like 45 minutes. It's, it's it's like the Home Alone 2 game in Super Nintendo. You you know, an hour after you bought it, you wanted to return it to the store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. This has been a fun time. So, and, you know, Adam, we got a lot of, you know, we'll be talking about stuff. And people who don't know, you know, Adam and I will be back with games, coffee, and comics. We try to do it monthly. And we'll try to do some fun stuff and get some guests on there, too. So this is a thing. It was a little fun thing we thought we'd do for the podcast. Get some stuff. Adam talk about himself as well as games, education, a few other things. But, you know, Adam, what do you got coming up? Speaking of the old, uh, you know, game games for gamers and your uh, upcoming uh, Twitch feed there here in the next month. Because, like you said, October is going to be a big month for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, right now I've uh, been revisiting some of the older classics with uh, with the Grand Theft Auto um, Definitive Edition. It's it's not as good <laughs> as, as the original one. Um, I don't know if you've been hearing, but it's like the the rumors about it about it, you know, not handling well. They they're true, but you know the story is still there, and it's still it's got the nostalgic fun. But just know if it's your first time ever playing it you might want to stick with the newer ones. Yeah. Somebody who has students that talk about it and say, yeah, I was there for the original grand theft one through three, but yeah, they themselves say like, yeah, this is what my dad told me, or this is what my older brother said it was. I'm like, I haven't played in a long ways guys. But I, and I said, I'm Dr. Reed's got a good friend, Mr. Miller, who would probably, you know, go down his Twitch feed. He's there. He'll probably give you some very honest feedback on those yep. games. So oh, yeah. Um, so I've been playing that. Um, I actually do have a couple others here that I might uh, start. I was looking at doing the new uh, 2023 version of Layers of Fear. Um, it's actually a remake of a game that just came out in like 2018, which is weird you'd remake it that quick. But yeah, and people make fun of Hollywood all the time about make remaking movies and here's some of these games like, oh yeah, we just had that two hour. Let's redo the game. Yeah. So and I, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. I've got a couple of indie games that are coming up, and then I, I'll probably be doing something like Death Stranding, the director's cut, which is something I never actually played. Um, but especially for October, you and I were talking about this. There are so many games coming out in October. I don't know which ones I'm going to get to and which ones are going to be placed on the back burner, but I will eventually get to all of them. Um, you've got Hellboy coming out. Uh, you've got uh, you've got Super Mario Brothers Wonder uh coming out yeah, which i know will be happening in my house that wonder is already i mean when melissa wants it you know you you've you got a game there for the family yeah 
Uh, there's actually a story just about that uh, in just a minute here, but um, but you've got that, those coming out, and then you've got um, the big three that I'm calling them. You've got Assassin's Creed Mirage coming out, you've got Spider-Man 2 coming out, and then a game that people have been waiting for over a decade for, you've got Alan Wake 2 coming out. Yeah, and I can tell you both my brothers have been waiting for that game, as well as my nephew. My, def- my, my oldest nephew is 27. He's been waiting for that sequel since he graduated high school. So that tells you how long it has been, because he, he just turned 27. <laughs> and Thir- he's been waiting for that since he graduated high school, and he's done it's, with college now. It's been 13 years, and I'm like, I don't think it should have taken that long, but apparently it was a, it was a big rights issue, because the original Alan Wake started as an Xbox 360 exclusive. So, and then, of course, you know, Remedy got the rights back to it finally, and that's why we were able to get Alan Wake remastered, and then that did really well on the PlayStation, and that's when they decided to come out and do Alan Wake 2. Apparently, it was a story they'd always wanted to do, but Xbox wasn't rushing to make it, you know? Right. They, they knew it was going to come. I think they wanted to wait until all the, you know, all the all the creators were happy, all the lawyers were happy, and they were just like, we can make a good game again without, and we can make money without <laughs> people saying, no, you know we want our money back or you know you use that without us so I, at least it's been settled and i mean especially with things with these days with games uh, well the, the weird thing is actually alan wake the first one didn't sell well to begin with and that's because they literally launched that game which was a new ip up against red dead redemption uh the first red dead redemption which was technically a sequel to right. red dead revolver and I was like, yeah, but you're launching you're launching a Xbox 360 exclusive up against a Rockstar giant that's got, you know, at that time was uh was Xbox 360 and PS3. Right. They were the big they were the big boys on the market at that point. Right. So I, of course it didn't sell well, but it was actually word of mouth got it to get to those sales numbers where it wanted to be, and it became a cult classic. And there's not really one time where people did these did these uh, top ten lists about underrated games that that game didn't show up on. So eventually we've got what we're going for now. <laughs> right. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's some good stuff coming out here, coming yeah. up here for a lot of people. And what I was telling you earlier here about uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder is actually Phil Spencer uh, just actually praised the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like your, your competition was praising the game. But the weird thing is today, um, if, I don't know if you know her, but her name is Alana Pierce. She's actually a, a writer in the uh, in the gaming industry. She wrote for God of War Ragnarok. Oh, actually, okay. I, I thought the name sounded familiar. Yeah, she's actually been in the industry for a long time. People are ripping on her because she wrote. She works exclusively for Sony, and she was actually on her own twi- uh, her own stream. Uh, I think she's on Twitch. She was on her own thing playing Starfield and talking about how great that game was. And people are saying like she's that she's uh kind of turning her back or she's thumbing her nose at Sony at her employer by doing this. And I'm like, uh, doesn't Phil Spencer like regularly praise other games? You know? Yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> Why it, is it, it different for her? Yeah. I, I don't get that at all too. I mean, there's probably a whole little thing. We're not going to get onto that on this podcast or anything else too, but yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it's always a good, I mean, it's, it, it's always, always, like I said, a good thing when your competition or other people actually do praise it maybe you did do something right, you know, versus mm-hmm. like, well, if this is okay, but nothing we haven't seen before, blah, 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 and so forth. But yeah, I mean, it, wonder is getting quite 
the positive feedback. I mean, I think the power-ups have been thing, the character unlocks too. And it's actually the very first true new Mario Brothers adventure since new Super Mario Brothers U mm-hmm. came out. So the fact that we've waited, what, 12 years now since that? It's hard to believe that one. It's not 12 years ago to get this new one. And right now it's great. We got the power-ups. We have the characters people want. Mm-hmm. Got a story. You got a side scroller. It got a story, and we're probably you know we're gonna have these classic characters and villains to the point where it's like doesn't matter if you've loved the classics or not, or you loved Odyssey or love Luigi's Mansion, you got something that, there for everyone, and everybody's like excited, mm-hmm. which is what you want. You really want for a game. Yeah, and that's I mean not even just Super Mario Brothers, but I mean people are almost everybody seems to be excited for Spider Man. Mm-hmm. I have not seen one person actually sit there and go like, ah, oh, you know what? It doesn't look good. It's like. Mm-hmm. You got Mario Brothers and Spider-Man coming out. I'm almost looking around going, like, what year is this? I was like, Dad, we got to get a PS5. Like, why? So I have two game systems, and then we can get Spider-Man 2, and then we can get Last Ronin when it comes out, and then we'll get new Super Mario Brothers. I'm like, you know, you make a good argument, Tyler. <laughs> but at the same time, maybe in about a year or two, he might be asking for an Xbox because uh, Wonder Woman and uh, Indiana Jones are going to be Xbox. I can see Indiana Jones. So, he likes Wonder Woman, but I could see him doing it. He's gotten an Indiana Jones with the last movie and everything. And he even got the Lego sets. He, he was putting together the Secret Temple from Raiders of Lost Ark just last month. So he's kind of gotten it, which I'm like, that's my son. That's my boy. That's my boy. That's right. We're going to do it. A little Spielberg. Did it. <laughs> Lucas, we got it. We got it. Yo. <laughs> so is a, is a camera in his uh, Christmas future? He wants to start doing some things and everything. I'm going to wait until he turns 13 to really start worrying about his own channel and everything for various reasons. But right. if he can put it up to, I wouldn't mind him doing it. It's just, he's got to get, he's got to get a focus on what he really wants to go with. And I mean, I've seen nine year olds who had a YouTube channel on how to build a good fort and it was actually enjoyable. And they had like 400 subscribers of mm-hmm. a 10 year old building a fort. And then, you know, he turned 12. I was like, eh, I don't want to do forts anymore. But now I'm going to talk about my Lego sets and how to build Legos. And everybody's like, Oh yeah. And then all of a sudden be like, 1000 subscribers and then he's like you know he's 15 he's like well now i'll do roblox hey roblox hey we're up for that at least he kept adapting as he got enjoyable on right so versus like you know you do that and then all of a sudden disappears for you know eight years and it's like well i have a youtube channel i haven't posted in like six years because 11 whatever my mom bought me now i can drive and it's like well i could do it but eh. seems like a lot of teenagers now aren't even that excited about driving yeah (laughs) i have a lot yeah i have a lot of kids that are just like i'll get my license but i don't have a car but you know i don't need to drive and some people like well you want to pay uber all the time like where do i go (laughs) people are like you know i got i got this at home now you know as they say now it really is you know friend with the friends with pizza but it's like same time a lot of people get on like this like i'm gonna get my xbox and we're gonna play Fortnite, or we're gonna do x y and z we're gonna play the new spider-man game and i'm gonna eat from my home and i'm gonna grab two pizzas from you know, Casey's and what's up and I'll be on FaceTime. Let's just do a great chap. I mean, it's become that. It yeah. Really Which is weird. Cause you and I were like 11 going like, I can't wait to drive, you know? And now yeah, it's like 16 exactly. year olds going like, Oh, cool. Mom, can I borrow the car for five minutes and go to McDonald's? <laughs> you know? yeah, pretty much. And I'm going to, I'm going to order the app so I can just park in the parking spot and they can bring it to me, but we're all good. And oh, look free Sprite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And actually, uh, Pepsi's giving away things for free right now. Not sponsored. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not going to get into that with Pepsi. <laughs> right now. There's a little something else I'm not going to do at the time. This this is this is filmed in September. That's all I'm going to say, and people can can Google search that. Anyhow, you can edit that out, right? And we're not sponsored by Nintendo, Xbox, Sony, <laughs> Microsoft. <laughs> I'm sponsored by my job, but it's not actually sponsored. They just pay me to do the job. 
and then I do this. <laughs> yep. And mine encourages me, but then at the same time, they're like, don't do anything you'll regret later. <laughs> That's why I teach digital literacy, everybody in the state of Illinois. That's why I'm kind of glad these cameras weren't around when I was a kid because I did so much stupid stuff and there's no record of it anywhere. So it didn't happen. That's one thing we've always done. <laughs> one thing kids today will never like the, the fact that you could actually disappear and your digital footprint was not as discoverable as you thought it was back then. Mm -hmm. We were on our bikes and it was like, did your parents know how far out you went? No, just as long as I was home for dinner. They didn't care. <laughs> or when the, when the streetlights came on, I was home in the driveway. Life was good. Mm -hmm. There we go. <laughs> That's right, folks. We're old. <laughs> anyway. I'll be 40 in a few months. <laughs> so. that, that, that's, that's even more shock. I'm going to be 46 next oh. in, in five months. Anyhow. Okay. <laughs> Okay, everybody. I, I hope everybody's good. Literally, you know, go ahead, check out Adam's wonderful stuff, and he'll be back for more. You know, check us out on the YouTube channel here. Those who are our audio describers, thank you for checking us out here. It's been a wonderful time, and I hope to join us all next time on the Pixel Classroom Podcast. Bye. Bye, everyone.